Welcome to another episode of Ran Out of Talent. I'm your host, Joe Zer Jr., and with me is Jeff Brewstead. Say hi, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. And uh, <laughs> we have Eric Swanson with us, too, on Skype. Say hi, Eric. Hello. So this week, Eric had a great idea to do kind of like a local, local RC history plus, you know, what was happening at the time of the hey, local. Hey, don't uh, we have any ads? No, not this oh. week. No, um, I'm paying for my RSS feed alone right now, so. Do we have like a Patreon here. that we can. Uh, no engraving or. Guilt people into donating to? Right. I, no, no Patreon or. I think I described that with the last podcast with you, Eric, that I, I can't do the Patreon gig. I will accept advertisers, but I will not accept free money. How about a, how about a GoFundMe? Jason Chang, are you listening? Can we, can we start a GoFundMe? Oh, man, yeah. That'd be. Let's not talk about GoFundMe because I might start yelling for an hour yep. and not stop. Oh, I see GoFundMe's of people trying to fund their race cars. It's like, well, come on. I know. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it, it's it's fine when you know. I I get the medical emergency ones. Yep. And some but of yeah, those, but not funding your race car. Some of those still don't kind of seem right. I it's like I I want to see medical documents that you're because there have been like fake cases of people begging for money on GoFundMe, giving them a fake sob story about them having cancer, but they really don't. Yeah. So I want to I want to see it be used for a medical issue, and then I want to see the person that's using it kind of not have the means to cover that medical issue right. themselves. Right. Other than that, you're just being a greedy a hole. Wearing two hundred dollar tennis I, shoes. Yeah, I would tend to agree. I, I don't. I really don't want to see it like help people, you know, go to an RC race. That that is so we got to get absolutely preposterous to me. But yeah. hey, what do, what do I know? We're, we're already off track. Yep. <laughs> That's okay though. So let's uh, go around the table here about how each one of us started racing what we all started out with how about we start with jeff over here because he's been at it the longest yeah the old man of the group definitely <laughs> all right let's see it was uh i did some rc cars in high school uh but not racing in other words just had a car for fun you know had a tamaya 12 scale car oh, stuff yeah. like that uh 1980 late 85 i think was the first time i raced that or early 86 actually that was at the st paul civic center i saw racing going on in the background of the news feed and i literally went down to the civic center and checked it out all weekend that's cool and then started racing like the next week so was it kind of like a motorhead madness yes yeah it was a world of wheels car show and like i say they were showing the car show and i saw the i could see the rc car racing in the background and ended up hanging out at the track they even made me corner marshal because i was hanging around so much <laughs> they put me to work and yep how do you start eric well it's funny that jeff says that because it's it sparked a memory in my mind that i probably haven't thought about in at least 20 years um i because i was thinking about like oh well the wheels car show and that's what we do now in duluth but it, for some reason i have pushed this memory outside of my consciousness for for two decades but do you guys remember when winton off tealy like had a booth at the world of wheels car show in, in uh, at the civic center in st paul because i was at that thing one time and i had like my car there and drove it around really i 
don't remember that, but he did get a lot of free labor out of it. Yeah, I totally forgot about that until Jeff just, just I described his start. I remember him having a booth there. I remember Hub Hobby did a few times, but I don't remember Winton's, but I just might not have been Yeah, there. I don't know. I don't know how many years he did it, but I think I was there in probably like 1996 or something. But. Oh, yeah. Yep. Anyways, yeah, I started... Uh, as many of the Minnesota RC racers did with uh, a trip to Hub Hobby, our beloved hub, as we all know and love. Um, went there looking for an RC boat. Picture of it right there. And, uh, yeah, there you go. There's a picture. Um, nobody funny. can see it except yeah, me. I but I actually never raced at the track at Hub. I've always heard about the track. And I had been to that place, you know, like any young kid getting in the sport, yep. probably hundreds of times. And nobody ever bothered to mention to me that there was a track outside. So I just went to the hobby shop and bought my stuff there. Oh, that's funny. Uh, okay. like you didn't even but I went, I went looking for a boat and then discovered that cars existed while I was at the hobby shop. And it was kind of game over after that. I was nine years old, went in there with my grandpa. Uh, ended up picking out a Kyosho. I don't even know what the name of the car was. I think the box said Buick Stalker. So it was like <laughs> yeah, yeah. a 12th scale on-road car yep. that had a 1980s Buick Regal body on it. So it was like the old It was set up like car. a stock car. Yep. And that this is the this is the car I bought. This is my first car. Uh, brought it over to Trackside in St. Paul off of University and 280. Yep. And discovered that, you know, they had a dirt track there. So I brought my... <laughs> my uh on-road car with foam tires and was like okay well what's the problem i still want to run it and went and was probably like this kid is an idiot <laughs> and i was like well let me run it i just bought this car so i think it was an oval day i threw the i threw the damn thing out on the on the off-road track and that's where i ran it my my on-road car with foam tires on the dirt oval track how long did it get, <laughs> how long did it take for it to get stuck on the lip of a jump you know, it was what well, was the oval track, so it's oh. still it went around the you track, but it was not enjoyable. And I remember uh, Dan Kantorowitz was at the track at oh, this yeah. time, and he saw me struggle probably, and offered to let me run his whatever off-road truck that he had. So I ran a pack with his truck and was kind of hooked after that, which was probably about two and a half minutes worth of runtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, well, as many of the listeners know, because I've stated it so many times, my dad got a RC car back in 1987, then he updated to uh, an RC10 in 1988, and every time he hopped up a part, he saved them for me. By the end of 1988, I had my own car built out of spare parts with a few Lozy parts strapped onto that pile of garbage. It was an awesome car. I loved it. I wore the thing out but that's how i got started was through senior and at north star hobbies i say was it north star or max was your it was first track? north star okay. we raced there for a year they closed and we went to max in 1990 okay yep. so and max you know it's it's crazy to me to think that you said senior started in 87 yeah well he because he in my mind racing. it would have been way earlier than yeah. that and you know i don't know that he did. Just because he's been around forever, I feel like he probably should have been racing in like the 70s or something. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't start racing in 87, actually. He started out with um, a 112 scale Nitro Kyosho Datsun with a .08 motor in it. Oh, yeah, I remember those. And that thing was not great. 
And nope. <laughs> so then he got a Kyosho Double Dare, went to North Star with it, realized it wasn't competitive, and my dad by no means was loaded or any, anything yeah, like back that. then. Yep. Yeah, he. I don't know how he hustled and did it. Well, he hustled and got a RC10, and that's how he got rolling. So you guys might know the answer to this question, but who do you think, like, the first person to have, like, a real RC car in the state of Minnesota would be? Do you think that we would even know who that person is by name? Bob Block's dad. You mean, uh, no. Oh, Bob Block? Bob Block's dad. Yeah. Oh, Bob Block's dad. Yeah. I can't remember his name. He was one of the Was pe- it, like, a tether car or something? He's one of the people who helped start the Heart of America back in yep. 1971. Yep. The Heart of America did not run here until about 82, I think. Okay. But he went to the Heart of America's earlier than that, definitely. Yeah. Because I remember seeing a block name in the 70s. Because on an old Heart of America webpage, they have the history of the Heart of America and how people finished every year. And, yeah, it was there were guys whose names went back from 71 all the way up to 2005. It was do do we know what the first permanent RC track in Minnesota is? Oh boy, Just look at my list here. <laughs> I was gonna say Jeff would have a way better idea than me because I came around at North Star Hobbies. I know the first track I remember seeing, and it was hardly a track. Was actually RC City on West Seventh Street in St. Paul. There was a little wedge of land out front of their building, and they had a track there, but it was not really even a track. It was what? just like a little. That's wild. Yeah. It had cement chunks in it, and it was just nasty. They didn't have any kind of lap counting. They literally did races by laps, if I remember right. In other words, the first guy to get six six laps was the winner, you know. Um, I remember when I started, you did four minutes, and they said stop. Oh, yeah, yeah, and you counted segments. Yep. So they would figure out if you got a 15... 411 by the segment you stopped at. I think one of the first permanent nice dirt tracks we ever had was at a place, uh, I'm trying to remember the name now, Williams Hobby World. Williams Hobby World was in the Opus area, like 62 and Shady Oak Road. What about, so... It was the little strip mall with uh, Schlotzkys and stuff. Yep. Yeah, it was was in that mall and it was behind that mall. I had two two other thoughts. And that was probably 86-ish, I think, was Williams. I have never heard that name in my oh, life. Yeah. That's what crazy. They ran two or three summers, yeah. I believe. Up well, till then, I think we only had temporary tracks, like the Twin Cities Car Club would. Actually, I have three thoughts. Hub Hobby and Little Canada had one in the back. Yeah, that was a little later, though. That was a little later, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was probably closer to 90. Okay. Then um, something like that. Apache Plaza. Apache Plaza was never a permanent track. Oh, you're right. That was in the court, in the basement the, floor. Yeah, the brown tile. tile. Yep, yep. And then um, I forgot to add, add Apache on. Here. I remember hearing about that one. Yep. I, that's where I got my first trophy. What Apache? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I actually had to earn it. It was a weekend race that Dan Boyle was having. He rented out a department store. Oh. This yep. was long after North Star, but um. And also, what about the RC track that was on the new Brighton Frisbee Golf Course? That was a Twin Cities Radio Control Car Club track, and that was okay. later, too. Okay. That was probably 90 or so. Okay. Yeah. I, I, and that did that, not last long at all. Okay. They did just, it for one of the Stockyard Days. That's their big yeah. annual New Brighton Festival. 
And other than that, they didn't really use yeah. it. I remember Senior brought his, him and I out there once, and it was not great. And he says, yeah, North Star and, or Max or wherever we were racing is right. far superior. Right. So. Uh-oh. What? Wife's home. Oh, that's fine. He's <laughs> bringing me food. Nice. So. Uh, the first on-road permanent track that I know of was in... Uh, North Minneapolis. It was on at Broadway and Penn. Yep. Wonderful. What? Neighborhood. Oh yeah. Uh, it's called Holding Forth the Word of Life Church. In the, <laughs> the basement. basement. It was in the basement of that. It used to be an old bowling alley. Oh and my that, god. I have pictures of that I, track. I was gonna say. I, let me say. I'm from North Minneapolis, so I'd really like to see pictures. It of It was us. literally. Well, I don't have any external. It was literally a block or two. Which direction would that be? East of on Broadway. Do you remember where Delisi's was? The oh, I mean, I, I know exactly where two blocks east of, okay. of Penn on Broadway the is. Corner. Like, maybe not quite yeah, two there, blocks. There's still a huge uh, a church, church-ish type building there. Yeah, and it wasn't a church. It was uh, almost like a department store or something. And then the basement used to be a bowling alley, and that's where we raced. Uh, oh, man. That's yeah. wild. I've, I've heard stories like that was the birth of you We were you, there maybe two seasons. Yeah, that's yeah. the birth of you racing. That was Mitch Whitteman. That's how he started. Uh, he, I don't think he was ever there. He was later really? than that. Bob Cooper. Well, what was this place called? Well, it never really had a name. It was just the Twin Cities Radio Control Car Club. The building was called the Holding Forth, Holding Forth the Word of Life Church. <laughs> and it was your typical, I mean, you know, Nigerian-type pastor, uh, one of them deals, you know. Yeah, the... Why, why doesn't the pastor get a nice car? Huh? Yeah. I need a new plane. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of interesting. And we'd, we'd be downstairs racing on a Sunday, and they'd be upstairs jumping up and down and making wow. all kinds of crazy racket. Yeah, that, that it was a good time. That must build your... Um, oh, there's a picture. The, it was a green track, yep. wasn't it? Here's, here's what it looked like, if you can see that. Oh, There we go. Whoa. That's nuts. Yes, I've seen... There'd be a young Jeff at the track. Now there's some hair for the oh, yeah. listeners oh, out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see his... Too bad uh, this doesn't have a video component. <laughs> I, I'm looking at Google Maps right now and where it says that this church is right now. Oh. And I was literally a block away from there like three hours ago. <laughs> I should That's look for crazy. My, my sister-in-law lives off of uh, Sheridan in North. So... <laughs> It's definitely not at Penn and uh, Broadway anymore now, but yeah, maybe. I mean, it's it's dangerously close. Yep. So, oh yeah, crazy. So, were you running foam tires on the green carpet? Oh yeah, yeah. Was it, it was twelve good? scale? Oh, it's fine. I mean, that was all you had then. Back then, there was a minimum tire size rule, and the really? rims were smaller. Yeah, it was crazy. Minimum tire size was like. 1.7 front and 175 rear or wow. something like that. Like, they were big. Yeah. And then the rims were smaller. So you had a ton of foam. <laughs> and sometimes you'd chunk half the tire. Like, literally, like, yeah. half the tire yeah. would come off the rim. And you just glue it back on. Like, yep. go find that's the a, chunk. That's and, what the senior... When, when I started racing on-road at Dewey's, which is long after... But I would chunk a tire, and Senior would make me. I'm like, can't we Go just, find that chunk, yeah. yep. I'm like, do I need the chunk? He's like, you get up, and you... <laughs> 
It's like stop being lazy, get up, go get the chunk. Sometimes you'd find a chunk that wasn't quite right, but yeah, it worked. Jam it in, put it in. <laughs> hey, we, I remember doing that in the two thousands. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Running touring car foam tires. Oh yeah. Just go find a piece of foam that looks like it fits. Can you imagine some of these new onward guys now that run twelve scale? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, your 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 outs your outside glue bead is cracked on your front wheels. Yeah. yeah. Better well, throw the tires in the garbage. Now I feel you know? like you should just take a go pair. find some foam on the track and glue it back in, That's and then go run again now, you, now, now you just go grab a bare rim, put some glue on it, and roll it in the tire dust yeah. on the machine, and <laughs> you're ready to race. It might be on something there. Yeah. yeah it might be a new hot setup. <laughs> might be. So, Jeff, after the church, where else have... What was after that? Well, my history is going to be on-road heavy because that's mostly what that's, I did. That's good because I'm off-road heavy. At, we, um, had, we had a lot of different tracks over the years. We raced at Scale Model Supply in St. Paul. That's still there. I was there yesterday. That's I know a hobby shop. They're still there. They do slot cars, right? Yes, they do slot cars and they're big trains, big yep. model rockets, whatever. But they had a track for like one season and it was tiny. It was like a, if you remember the barn... I was Back gonna say, it was, was it maybe like that. Andrew's eighteen scale track yeah, in his it was first small, building? But it was good carpet, you know. Yeah. Just, it was our green carpet yeah. from, yeah, and it worked pretty good. I mean, if you get a big enough crowd and right, so, yep. Uh, I'm trying to remember where else that was. That, like I say, that lasted maybe a season. Okay. Uh, I think the next place we maybe went to. I'm trying to see on my list here because I didn't really write them in order. I just tried <laughs> to remember track names. For sure. Oh, uh, Northland Hobby. That was in Egan. It was at Sounds Pilot Knob Road in 13 Tinkerbell Plaza. Think, okay, so I think that's when Senior started on road. He never went there. I talked never to him earlier there. today. Yep. Okay, because he, 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 he'd heard of it, but he never went there. He bought a Delta Villain in the mm-hmm. early, early 90s, and he raced somewhere, and I wasn't allowed to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't start racing on road till '96. Probably Dewey's. Dewey's, yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's funny that you mentioned that location because that's actually very close to a, the location of a track that existed much, much later called Hobby Zone. Yes. yes. Uh, yeah. I was going to mention Hobby Zone too. I never went there, but I knew I that was close to there. there. Yep. Yep. That was um, the John Shore, Randy Anger group that went down to Hobby Zone quite often because we had TCHR up here. Oh, yep. So. Yeah, John Bolton ran the races, who actually, speaking of John Bolton, he's an old-time racer from Iowa, but he lived in Minnesota for a spell, ran the races at Hobby Zone. I actually ran into him, to him today really? at Dollar Hobbies. He cool. came up to me in the parking lot, and he was like, Eric, <laughs> apparently he lives in Minneapolis again. Cool. Yeah. Anyways, I digress, but no. yeah. So, Darcy Wald is cyclical, and we all... All the hardcore guys are, they never leave, and we all run into each right. other over and over again for the rest of our lives. Well, well, what's cool is people are getting back into it. Like, people are constantly PMing me, and I'm sure a lot of you on Facebook saying, Hey, I want to get back into this. What do I do? I heard everything's totally different. Like, um, Brian Wozleski, I heard he ran into you today, Eric. Yeah, yeah, I saw him today, too. Where was he from again? He was, um, he lived in Woodbury, but he raced at the old, the New Brighton track side. Oh yeah, yep. He was there 
100% of the time, and then when that went away, that he went away. That name familiar to me, but they're, again, they're I'm not brothers. as much of an off-road guy. They're, as Brett and Brian Wozleski. Oh, okay. I remember them specifically because off of a swap meet. Uh, remember Trackside used to have those swap meets? Yep. I started out with a set of original RC10T front tires, and Senior says, see what you can make, what, make of it. And after a few trades and like 50 bucks, you I ended came, up with a Porsche? I ended up with a moped. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, I remember the moped. The nineteen eighty five Jawa. That's great. The moped. I just I just sold I, them. I, I swear that we almost killed ourselves on old highway eight with that oh, moped. Yes, we did. <laughs> That's funny because I had a nineteen sixty three Jawa in my garage oh, and yeah. just sold it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> it is fun. So So the thing about Northland get back to that real quick That's it fine. was odd track because it was like indoor outdoor carpeting it wasn't race carpet oh kind of like an astroturf no it was like a little loop pile like okay. you met your car made a wake in it i oh. swear like you could see a wave in front of your car in the carpet that's kind of actually cool. it was not enough traction to traction roll or anything even though it was really soft yep. your car would sway in it like mad it was weird did you have grip it wasn't bad, but you didn't have enough grip to make it be a problem. You know what I mean? You didn't have grip at either end, so it didn't really matter. So and it was high banked, a high bank oval on one end, and then a tight, flat corner on the other end, and they made a road course in it too, but you used the bank. That's cool. Yeah, and it was weird. And then they ran oval races there too. Yeah, yeah and that was a weird track, like just weird carpet. They also did outdoor parking lot racing yep. there. Oval has always been a huge huge market and we don't know the majority of those guys right yep um so i well, like all the factions are like that a little bit off road versus bit. on road and but the drag race guys you know whatever yep yep for sure so anyways um after that where did you go after uh, I'm trying to remember because, like I say, I don't remember the exact order of all these tracks. I know there was a lull just for a little while in the cities of no tracks, and we went up to St. Cloud to the roller rink and raced okay, once so, in a while. And that um, was right on the roller rink floor, if yep. I remember right. So what you would do is you would take Mountain and Minutes silicone, Yep. and you would um, coat your tires in it, lay it down, all that stuff. We raced there in 94 between oh, is it that the, late? Okay. Well, that's when we race it. Oh, okay. They race her from the 80s up until 2009. Wow. Yeah. Because Sean Van Dalen took it over, and he put down this Berber carpet. We ran touring car with Schumacher Rally tires oh, in the yep. mid to late 2000s. Oh, I remember that. That yep. was fun. Yep. I think I actually ran there once like that. Yeah. I remember Senior told me to buy the, what tires to buy. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, you take the mountain in minutes and shave your tires down, and it has actually pretty fun oval. And for I was a kid, so they had video games and stuff there between the races also. Oh, yeah. That was always a positive. So if you want to get into some of the early off-road tracks, remember there's North Star. That's where there you guys started North at. There was North Star, yes. Was and there North anything before that? Again, I'm not totally sure on timelines. Like, I'm trying to remember what was in between Williams Hobby World for dirt Hub might have been in between there a little bit. Okay. Like, they had the track, but I can't remember for sure, like I say, time-wise, as far as years. Yep. But North Star was pretty early. Yeah. And then uh, Max Models, too, was pretty early. Yeah. I think Max Models opened before North Star. 
It might have, but I think the Max models, I love North Star just because it was the first track I was right. ever at. Right. But I was watching old video of Nor- or Max models off of Brian Rupke's YouTube channel. Oh, yep. And with a couple of little, the, the size of the track and the dirt would still hold up today. And they had a nice set of bleachers on the side so people could see. But Northstar, I remember racing at Northstar. Oh, Damn. wait. Is that Brian Repke? Yeah, it's Brian Repke with the RC City shirt. He... Uh, let me see. He invented Repke. We should get these scanned in and posted somewhere. <laughs> yep. We should. <laughs> do, you Brian a, Repke. do you have a Facebook page? Uh, yeah. Oh, I could put them on there. That's right, the For Ran sure. Out of Talent page. Yep. Yes. I got oh, some other ones like that. Oh, he shut down his Facebook page. Oh, wait, maybe but, uh, he turned it back on. He, um came up with the software that everybody uses repke and uh yeah he's software for what autodesk oh so oh. He, like it's used to make grand I thought you meant in the rc world no but no you mean in the real world yeah so repke he's successful and all that and, but yeah you, you can go to his channel i think it's just brian repke all one word on youtube or something like that and he's got old videos of max and that place would still be legit oh i agree oh for yep. sure yep but I remember racing at North Star with our old equipment, senior in mod buggy in four minutes would turn 16 laps. Oh, yeah. It was a small track. And then right next door, you had the hobby shop. And on a Friday Friday nights, we would run little 132nd scale Tyco RC cars. I think they're even, no, I think they're 43rd. They're Hot Wheel size. We would race um, slot cars, and I remember that vividly because Senior says, if you cannot keep this car on the track, you cannot race RC cars. (laughs) So that's where I learned a little bit of throttle control. And I remember actually winning a night, like beating Bill Bill Dahlgaard. They had these tricked out cars, and I literally had a piece of crap Tyco. (laughs) And it worked well. But... um, yeah, in that mall, you also had an arcade. It was Oh, I fun. don't remember the arcade. It was at the very end. Oh. The thing I remember about North Star is it had, it was oval and off-road. Yes. And we even did dual days where we did a thing where you tried to race two-wheel stock. Yep. Off-road, and then you raced the same car in an oval later that night and added up yep. the points for both and kind of came up with a I champion of both. Idea. You know, yeah, it was great. It was uh, a long day. But it was a very long day. <laughs> so, um. Because North Star, the days of North Star, two-wheel drive stock went down to, like, the F main. Yeah. It was crazy. Four or five cars, but still it was the F main. Yeah. Like, there was um, a lot of two-wheel drive stock cars. There. When, like, that's almost all there ever was. When I was in Novice with... Um, there wasn't 10 classes, like, nowadays, you know? Yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. With four-wheel drive mod and two-wheel drive stock, that was pretty yep. much it. And then trucks came in later, but oh, that right. still yep. didn't do much to anything. But I remember racing with Chris Frovic. At oh. North Star. Wow. In Novice. I didn't know he went that, back that far. He was the bear, if you remember, mm. the bear. Yep. So, the, if you see I him. I just remember Bam Bam calling races, getting all excited. <laughs> did you ever hear Bam Bam, Eric? Bam Bam. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Tornado turn. Yeah, did you, did you ever hear Bam Bam? He's got cosmic oh, interference. Yeah. He, he, yeah, he helped. He installed the carpet in my mom's house. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. In an old, old brown Dodge van that he rolled around in. I, I think he just kept buying the same exact van year after year. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. 
So, because it worked for... He he was also a dirt bike racer, too. Oh, yeah. He did motocross. I think he still does. I talk to his son every now and again. But he's one of those few, few people where it's like, you hear him announce, and you thought he was going to have a heart attack. He had a little local cable show about it. He did. It. He did, and it was... That's right. Yeah. I have <laughs> VHS funny. of it. Yep. And the production quality is It better. wasn't bad for the time. No. It really wasn't. He edited together like he put racing from here and then racing from there. And then him with his RC car going around in a culvert. <laughs> and this and that. And it was, he had a little desk with the, he had a stage he set up to, it, he barely used it. Oh, yeah. But he had a stage he set up at the cable access station bam bam that guy's history right there yep and then he'd try to have little segments of you know motor tuning and this tuning <laughs> and that. but it's bam bam his his great side was on the announcing Call side races oh yeah the announcing side in the public access show senior has vhs tapes of those i think he's probably the one that started calling uh senior the rc baron or zorro First, was, senior, he still shakes like mad, but back when he had real antennas, yep. he shook so bad. It was like he was sword fighting up on the stand, man. His first, antenna was just all over the place. First, it was Smoke and Joe. <laughs> then it was the Italian Stallion. For your dad? Yeah. <laughs> My dad, Senior used to look like, Senior looks normal now. Yeah. But he was Guido back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> he had, you know, his hair was black, is a little longer, curly. Oh, yeah. And he had the that. mustache. Yep. Like, he grew a powerful mustache. <laughs> so, the other thing I remember about North Star is there were some crazy track designs. Yeah. It was Ricky, Ricky the Dragon. Right. And, and Dave would design the tracks. And there, the whole thing, it was, if I can describe the what they would say, it would be like, <laughs> I got an idea. <laughs> Like, that was the track design, you know, and, like, there was wall rides, there was yep. uh, there was the shortcut around the pole. Yep. Like, you could go on yep. the inside of the pole, but it was yep. really half an inch wider than a buggy. <laughs> so, if you made it, great, you saved half a second, but if you didn't make it, man, you were stuck on that pole for I forever remember, waiting for a marshal. I remember a senior telling me, you don't do any of that nonsense, yeah. you just get around the track. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then, they closed it, I want to say 90. Oh, maybe. Yep. I think they ran the outdoor a little longer, and they had the drag strip at North Star, too. Oh, yeah. It was yep. all in the same general facility, but it's like the off-road track was, I want to say, I was so young, but I want to say it was across and, the street in a field. And and just so people are knowing, the track was indoors. Yeah, the, the North Star. And then Star. they lost the lease on some of the space, so they ended up going outdoors for yep. a summer out in the parking lot. There right. was a dirt it was basically one of the center islands of the parking lot, but it was right. a big center island, and they right. turned that into a dirt track for one summer. I remember that. And it wasn't a bad track for what it was. Yes. But then they kind of just closed down forever, you know, yeah. everything. They did drag racing in that parking lot, too. Oh, yeah. yep. Um, speak it. I mean, I, one of these days I want to have Tim Smith on for the his history of dra drag racing. Is, he's Mr. Drag Racing, Tim oh. Smith. I don't know if I know him. No, he's got a great podcast. Cool. I'd say this is the fourth best one. The first best one is uh, No Name with Keenan. Second is Tim Smith's. Third is Radio Impound, When They Don't Talk About Basketball Nonsense. <laughs> and then this. 
But yeah, there's like 25 RC podcasts. So about right. the same time frame, when was uh, Fun City in Osego? So we moved to Elk River in 1989. Okay. And I remember it being there, but they did not have weekly club races in 1989. It was just special events. Oh, okay. And that's another one I was not allowed to race at yet. And they went pretty late, didn't they? Like, they were around a while. They went to 1999. Okay. Because I know I had Yari race there once, and he wasn't. He no, didn't move he, here till he, he, 96 or 7, yeah. Yari? Yep. So, Fun City was, we moved to Elk River, and then we were playing mini golf, because that was the only thing to do. It was three miles away from Elk River, not Seagull. They, they share the same zip code. Right. Elk River, not Seagull. And... So Senior C's RC track talks to the owner, and he's like, well, we're having this one race this year. Oh, that's right. They would do just a special event or two, and that's it? Yes. Yep. Otherwise, it's just a practice track, and then they started uh, club racing, I think the year maybe two after. But Fun City was always a summer staple for us. It was cool. mini golf and hobby, and then it was yeah, Fun City. I think City. I only made it there once or twice. Yeah. Like I say, one time was with Yari. He wanted to try off-road once, and that was the only yeah. place I could think of in yeah. town that had off-road. So. Yep, yep. So um, I loaned him a car for the day. and uh, I'm well, trying to remember the other, about that time frame, the Twin Cities Radio Control Car Club went to Burnsville, and they rented a, an empty storefront in Burns in a mall in Burnsville on County Road 5. and Yep. Like, I was and they ran a little while there. on carpet there, and then we also ran in the summer out in the parking lot, gas car, you know, 8-scale gas car and 10-scale yep. pan car and stuff right. like that. And so then Fun Time Hobbies opened I've there. I've never... That's where Jason Chang came from. He okay. was a little grommet there, you know. And, yep. And that's uh, where he started. Where was Fun Time? In Burnsville. Burnsville Highway 5 still? and 13 or something. Okay. Not 13. 42, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe... County Road 5 and 42, that area? Yep. That makes sense? Yes. Eric, Is Eric Googling directions? Or? I think he is. <laughs> I'm not familiar with this one, so uh, okay. I'm not either. Yeah, it was Fun Time Hobbies, and when they first started, they literally raced on the bare, uh, what would you call it, tile floor of an empty storefront. Okay, okay. And that was too slippery. Yeah. <clears throat> so then they put down paint with some sand in it. And that was the opposite. It was crazy how much traction it was, but it literally wow. wore tires out in one run. So back then. If you put then, brand new tires on your car and they'd be gone in five minutes. And there was piles, like a foot wow. deep piles of foam around the edges of the track. That's no good. Yeah, like like tire truer foam. You know? Yep, yep, yep. They, they quickly went away from that and put some kind of carpet down. and. Yeah. So. Um, now I want to say the guys that now run... What's the other shop in Burnsville? The RC Car Kings. I think it's some of those guys were okay. fun time also, but I could be wrong. I don't remember their names. I just know the Mark uh, Paul Marcotte used to work there, and his son still does. Right. And I All I know is that that hobby shop has had a history in this town for so long, and they used to advertise an RC car action. Yeah. And the, they, they had a few different names, time. but their, their staple of their advertisement that has been an RC car action for like 30 years yeah is that they had some like radio controlled batmobile that oh, they yeah. sold I that was always that. the centerpiece of their advertisement yeah. and it, i always wondered like what is it about this batmobile that is always their prime like appealing <laughs> what's the appealing nature of this? it's like they 
they found a shipping container that fell off of a truck <laughs> one day, and it was full of these RC Batmobiles. Right. And they've just been plugging it for the last 30 years in the RC car yeah, action I think they, only, they probably only had 30 of them, but they sold like three a year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. They were proud of them, though. They, yeah, every time. I, I have a magazine next to me. I'd probably look it up and find the thing. But it's thing always the RC Batmobile, front and center. And then their thing for uh, a lot of years, it's, I think it's actually a body they make, is the Trans Am body, the Smokey and the Bandit body. Yep. Like, that's the and other that's thing that they're like, for, known for. You that's know. still used for VTA today. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, so. that might be the proto the protoform There's one. There's a protoform. Some people but still... But they had a uh, less scale one, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, a, not a racing body, basically, right. but... Right, but they—I can't remember. I could be totally speaking out of turn or word, but I thought they had something to do with fun time, or that's what they morphed into. But I'm like I say, sure. I could be wrong. I'm sure. Maybe um, I'm just getting the geographic location mixed up. And the know. problem is, I didn't really start paying attention until I started. Like, who owned what? Until I started paying for my own stuff. <laughs> right. Okay. Now, was it Fun City? Was that Seagull? We talked about that, yes. right? And then when they closed, didn't a lot of their product moved to central rc doug ringwald i think it did doug yeah, ringwald and your dad were talking about that today trying to decide central rc was on central avenue like yep. 18th and central right where yep. that diamonds coffee shop is now yep in that building and One, it was dirt and on road it was and it was yep. awesome right that's back that was They're not racing where? many times but yeah so I we're, don't know we're skipping a few places here. Yeah. Well, we are, but I gladly push them in because, like yep. I say, I'm kind of doing these I, more and yep. just as I'm remembering them. And I kind of want to go back to Max, okay, and talk about the hobby shop wars. <laughs> Not many people. Re- well, I should say everybody from our generation, and this is this even bleeds into trackside, Eric. So you might remember this. So you had. Dan Alvarez, you, you had your RC, RC City drivers, your <laughs> RC shirts. Pro Shop, and your Hub Hobby drivers. So, Jeff, were you an employee of Hub Hobby, or were you? did you race for them? No, I worked at the Richfield one for four years. Yes. Yep. But I remember everybody coming to Max with something new on their RC10. Oh, yeah, me and Dwayne Or their the time, you JRX2 bet. or whatever. And this is why racing on Saturday was so important. Because the day the race day was over on a Saturday, we would go to whatever hobby shop the next Sunday and buy what was on the winning vehicle. <laughs> you buy the cool parts? Yeah. Yeah, we would buy. And before we started this podcast, Jeff goes, what I remember most about the RC10, that car you could build 100% out of aftermarket parts right. and not have one team-associated part on it. So. Yeah, about the time RC10 came out with the long-arm car. Yes. In other words, not the old original six. Just yep. before they came out with the stealth transmission, yep. you could build a whole RC10 out of aftermarket parts. It this, wouldn't have one associated part on it. Right. It was crazy. And you had multiple choices for parts. The stealth the transmissions, trans- especially. The stealth transmission changed the game, though. Yeah. If you didn't have that, <laughs> Senior resisted for a week. <laughs> Literally one week. He, he, he had the six gear on. I vaguely remember he's like, I'm not spending. I think it was a hundred or 125 for the stealth transmission. A hundred. I thought it was more like 60, but either way, it was a lot of money. It was a lot of money yeah. back then. No, you're right. It was 60 because the cars were 120. I think retail it was 120. Yeah, that's what them. I remember the price on the box. Right. The retail price. Right. Yeah. And for all you for all you newer people to to come up with an analogy of what that was like, it would be like. 
in super high bite, you know, four, five, six years ago when we switched from rear motor to mid motor. Right. And it was like a night and day difference because basically all the transmissions before the stealth transmission had like six gears in them or whatever. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, we can get rid of half of these and re- reduce the rotating mass, you know, in half essentially. And that ball diff. So, the ball diff. Uh, the ball, ball diff. diff yeah, everything Thorpe? just kind of took out from there. Thorpe. Thorpe. Thorpe is known for ball diffs. Gotcha. I believe so. The other thing, too, is before that stealth transmission came out, people were making belt drive transmissions, chain, chain drive. Drives. There was crazy, yeah, mid-motor conversions. Uh, Tekken even made a like a trailing arm car, and yep. a couple A&L was big. Trini made a all car. Different, yeah, it was just crazy. Everybody. Could, hot trick. Oh, yeah, I have a whole hot trick car downstairs. Yes. Yeah, in pieces, yeah. Otherwise, I'd bring it up here, but yeah. it's all... Right, but yeah, but back then the hobby. The, so, I don't. I don't want to harp on this situation because it's dumb to harp on. But people wonder why you don't shop at local hobby shops anymore, or some people do. I, I like. I just bought, spent a ton of money at the five ten today for tires, but you don't have the same thing. You don't have a winning hobby shop driver coming in with something new. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you didn't have the internet back then. How else would you know what A&L is if it wasn't for John Meyer or what's coming out of RC City if it wasn't for Dan Alvarez and Brian Repke and all that stuff or Hub Hobby with you well, and Dewey? Yeah, like when I worked at Hub, I could almost pull the new RC car action off the shelf and lay it on the counter and flip the page every five minutes and I'd get calls about that ad. Really? You know, oh, yeah. Like when the kids got a hold of the new RC car action, they just call like mad. Like, what's the deal with this? What's this? Yeah, what's the, you know. That's very cool. So, yeah. what years did you work from Hub Hobby? Uh, probably eighty-seven to ninety-one, something like that. Okay. Eighty-six to ninety. So that was the literal golden age yep. of RC. You had the Punky Brewster episode. <laughs> Trying to think of what you mean. Oh, you there's a big Tamaya commercial. Oh, okay. Yep. Yep. If Punky Brewster built an RC car and it was, you know, boys versus girls can't do this and type thing and whatever. But there was a ton of RC racing in the episode. We we used to order RC10s when they were big, the gold yep. pan RC10. We would order 100 of them at a time yeah. between the two stores. You had. And they were gone in like a week or two. Like, I don't know where they all went. There yeah. must be a 1,000 RC10s sitting around in closets in the Twin Cities Oh, somewhere. they're worth so much money if they're <laughs> new in box. You had the movie The Deadpool, not Deadpool, oh, yeah, yeah. but you had The Deadpool. And what was cool was they had a technical situation in that. Do you remember the car bomb was getting glitched by the little kids playing with the Jay Halsey RC-10? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you had, um, what was that movie that was like a big Futaba advertisement? Radio controlled or remote or something oh, like that? Know. So, anyways, yeah, that was the golden age. That's what. All right, so Eric, you said we skipped over some tracks. What? Are, which ones were you thinking of? Or, um, well, I mean, you we started talking about Fun Probably City, which years, obviously yeah. encapsulates the '90s, you know, from the beginning to the end. Yep. Um, but that was the summer spot. So there's lots of good summer memories at Fun City or Mini Golf and Hobby or. Yep. Elk River or whatever nomenclature right. used to describe it. Um, and we can talk about how that progressed over the years. Because it turned into a really racy place. Like, it was 
That's it was a legit off-road track by 98, 99. I mean, we put new dirt in there. That's you know, really Everything was it. upgraded. Like, it was dialed. We were running there all the time, and it was really competitive. And and by the end, it was, I mean, that was that place ruled. Yeah. Um, and plus, there was like a batting cage right next door with like <laughs> yep. pizza and laser tag. I mean, Christ. What more do you want? recognize it now, Eric. What's that? You wouldn't even recognize it now. Oh, well, yeah, I think it's, what is it? Is it still like an entertainment complex, or is it all turned into remember when they built, condos or something? Remember when they built the new building for laser tag and stuff? Oh, yeah. That's still there, and they sold that separately. I don't know what it's going to be. I think the batting cages are still there, but they took out everything else and built volleyball pits. and the old. So they took the track out and built a Godfather's Pizza. That's, That's what, right. There's a pizza place there. That's what Rudy did, and then he got shut down by the city for serving minors way too many times, or his staff did. <laughs> I can see that. He went to Vern Heidner. Vern Heidner is a city council member, not Seago. He's an old racer from back in the day. He retired back back when in his late twenties because he invented the thing that goes over your finger that checks your heartbeat. Vern Heidner invented that. Okay. So, so, anyways, he goes to a city council meeting being like, Vern, I thought we were friends. I thought you could get, like, in the middle of a city council meeting, like, giving Vern a hard time. And Vern's like, ah, this isn't right, buddy. So, that closed down, and then a new place opened called Boondocks, which, eh. Yeah. So, but, for anybody out there listening, wondering who the hell we're talking about, this is uh, Rudy, who is the proprietor of. Fun City, which is the track that was in Elk River, the outdoor off-road track. Yes. And the track was just a component, and not a very important one, of this whole mini golf course, right. uh, batting cage, and eventually laser tag and you know water balloon cannon type <laughs> fun center type place. Oh. They're everything but go-karts, basically. How but they have this people? outdoor RC track for whatever reason. And Joe, I, maybe you guys know, I have no clue... What the hell Rudy had an interest in RC for? Because he certainly didn't run His himself. Kid. Didn't seem like he had, I mean, maybe he had some family or something at some point that did, but he had a little hobby shop that had, always had good stuff in there. Like, the, the hobby shop was actually pretty pretty well stocked. And, and always, I remember I bought a, a CR conversion for my double X yep. from, from the hobby shop there in 1997. That's cutting edge. Do you remember they always... Six, actually. They always used to give racers their... Um, Rump dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, we got a picture of Chad Lundahl here. Yes. Yep. They always used to give um, racers a 10% discount. I put on Facebook. So, the middle center is Chad Lundahl with that purple RC Pro Shop shirt. Eh, he's right there. that dork. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, long hair. Yo, so, wait, he didn't have long hair till the mid to late 90s. Man. 96, he had long hair. 95. Yeah, it was around there. So the, the tracks that we over that we overlooked are, and I, I'm biased because I was, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old in the mid 90s, and this is when my heyday of being at the track all the time as a young kid with nothing else to do was the two track sides. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yep. When I think of 90s RC, immediately my brain just goes to trackside and, you know, Winton off Tealy and yep. St. Paul and New Brighton and 
running at this postage stamp size track. Um, I I remember the, I remember they were two different. Each track had a different attitude. Like the first track side was more professional. Yep. Paul Goulet had more to do with the first track side, helping out Winton. And the second one was ran by us kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It, you know that <laughs> we got Jeff just putting the, the slideshow up on Skype of, of all these old school photos. It's pretty wild, for sure. Yeah, so I think you know to to speak to the history of trackside. From what I understand, uh, Wynn and his son Alex raced at Max Models, or was it North Star? Whatever the one that was uh, around later. They raced there, and the track closed, and Winton was upset that, you know, this hobby he was into with his kid, now he could no longer partake in it. Right. And that uh, inspired him to, you know, build what became the first track side, which was in St. Paul off of University Avenue in 280 in a warehouse district. Yep. Yep. Um, And like you said, I mean, Joe was right on. It was, that place was legit. It had, you know... Uh, everything was done right, and there was definitely some help from some folks that maybe had more experience with it than he did. Yep. Um, and then that was around until 94, I think, or maybe very early 95. It was, I want to say it was 94-ish because Senior and I... Senior and I raced between the track sides at that oval in uh, St. Cloud. Because okay. there was no off-road racing, it was. I have a trophy from that oval from '94-ish. Yeah, and I ran. Okay. At, I ran at the St. Paul track site a lot on yeah. Tuesdays. Yeah, like I did, I missed the whole weekend we did, crowd. We did for a while. It was Friday nights, and then it was Saturday nights because I remember coming home and flipping between Tales from the Crypt and Saturday Night Live. And I never ran at the New Brighton one very much. Like I just you were always of, over there, though. But you were there. This is this is the well, the I thing I alluded to earlier. Yeah, the I first memory I have of Jeff Brewstad is Jeff showing up at the New Brighton track right. on his bike. Oh yeah, it was a Balance Killer B Cruiser. Yes, I actually had a twenty and a twenty-four inch Balance. Yes, matching. Yeah, it was the red to silver mm-hmm. anodized fade. Yep. But yeah, I Horrible I remember. Bikes. They were. I remember I borrowed one when I was, this is BMX talk, I know most of you don't care, but I borrowed one when... It's so, a good crossover. So, yeah. you sold. That's why I remember it so much, because those were my two passions at the time, were like BMX bikes and RC races. So then Jeff would roll in on his, on, on his bikes, and I'd be like, oh man. Yeah, no, he Jeff always has cool bikes, and Jeff and I used to race BMX together in the mid to late 90s. There was a practice gate at Dewey's. Yep. That was awesome. But um, the balance was too long, and I broke my face. I went over <laughs> my bars and broke my face on the whoops in Malacca because the balance was such a piece of crap. I could never get the feel of it. Yep. That's when my Robinson was in. They, they had a big recall, and I had to send it back, and it took them like six months to get me the new one. So... Um, All right. So one of the BMX history. Yes. One of the other tracks that was a favorite to me was Dewey's. Dewey's was my introduction really into on road. I really don't count the St. Cloud Oval. Right. Yep. Did you race uh, on road at Dewey's at all, Eric? 
I never did. I, I went there, but so at the time, this is this is how I saw that split happening. I know Dewey's was around a little bit earlier, but so Trackside and New Brighton started in 95, like fall of 95, right. and that was the time that I went from being into RC cars to being utterly obsessed with them and needing to like go to the track on a, right. you know, multiple times that. a week. What was your age then? So, so I was deeply affiliated with Trackside and New Brighton. So I always have way fonder memories of it than most people. Most people look back at it and be like, oh, that place sucked. It was tiny. It was horrible. You didn't care about the place. And, but that was where, you know, I fell in love with the racing side of things. Right. So were you um, So I was always I was? super loyal to Winton and the new Brighton track side. And I think that after the first season or two of racing there, people kind of defected to Dewey's in the wintertime. Like that first year, 95, 96, yep. maybe a little bit 96, 97, people still were there running dirt off-road. But I think maybe by the later part of the, winter, the early 97 era, and then definitely after that, nobody raced there anymore. All the guy, all the the core group of hardcore racers went to Dewey's and ran on because the, the I mean the setup was just way racier than trackside was at the time. And I just I stuck at, at trackside and kept running there because I saw you know it was close by and right. I only knew off at the time. But right, I, so I went to Dewey's and checked it out and it was like at the time this foreign concept to me was on road cars and. Yeah, that's where that's where me, you, and the Wazleskis met. Nick Ford was there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of guys that are like you and I's age that all kind of yeah. you know we all first met each other in, in New Brighton. Probably we ran that place. You know, I mean, it, not not figuratively. We oh, yeah. took care of the can you, Hey, can you guys watch the till? I'm going to go across the street and get a cup of soup, is what Wyndham would tell us. And then, you know, later on, I realized, like, this dude was going across the street and getting blitzed at the VFW. He wasn't going across the street yeah, to get a cup of soup. He was going across the street to get drunk. And we were running his hobby shop at the time. <laughs> we were doing the track whiskey work. Salad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whiskey. We were doing the track work. Remember, uh, it was all of us did that huge airbrush mural on the back wall. Oh, God. Yeah. And it wasn't good, but it was big. <laughs> <laughs> There's a memory I'd like to just forget. I, I think, wasn't Nick Ford? I think he did a lot of that, too. Yeah, Nick Ford did. I, I remember not. I don't think I did any of that, but I saw it, and it was it, I, very much done by teenage kids. Yes, and it, it, but yeah, it was always us, and then Jesse Newman and um, Alex Love is that the name? Alex Hart was the Alex name of the kid Hart. that was around back then. Yeah, that's why I was messed. There's a lot of there's you know there's people that there's names I remember that I, I mean I have no business remembering them, but they're just yeah. from that era of every person's life where you just have a photographic memory of every single thing that happened, and I feel like New, Trackside New Brighton was that era of my life. I have a question for both of you. Do people ever come up to you in person and be like, hey man, how's it going? Do you remember me from back when you're just like, yes, no, I get that I all the time, and I don't know if it's the RC world yeah. or bicycle world or just from the hobby shop or some other right. past life. Right. I get that a lot, actually. How about you, Eric? I, I can't say that I've had that happen, but maybe it's because I just carry myself around like a 
jaded <laughs> asshole that nobody wants to approach. That's probably why I don't have that happen to me. I'm. Great I don't look like with, a very inviting person. I'm great with names, but or great with faces, but horrible with names. Oh yeah, me too. So it's like these people come up to me. It's like I recognize you, but you're like, hey, you. Yeah. But yeah. Hold on one sec. Brenda, would you like a set of headphones and a microphone? <laughs> I don't need a microphone. I'm just really interested in your setup. Ah. <laughs> yeah. She's a techie. That's cool. So, she anyway. wants to sing. Uh, these are not good for that. These are $25 microphones. They're good for talking into. Yeah. You sing into them, they'll feed back right at you. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. So. Yeah, that's interesting to hear you guys talk about the New Brighton. Because you were Tracks there, but you, I didn't you never raced there. I hardly ever raced there at all. I was really deep into Dewey's then. I think you and I, you came by. Because I ran and, Dewey's. I, yep. you know, I helped. I ran the Oval every Sunday so, and raced off. Let's talk on about the on-road side in that area, era, Dewey's. Yep. Because, so the first time Senior and I went there, we walked into the absolute wrong end <laughs> of the mall, and we're like, we're in the right place, but we don't know where the track is because they use wintergreen traction compound. Oh, yeah. You were you were at an RC track or uh, the only sauna. other thing the <laughs> only other thing I, I that smells like that is this um, Thai boxing oil I use yeah and it's I winter put green. yeah I I put it on at night because I'm an old man and the <laughs> wife gets so mad at me cause, just because of the flashback to the Paragon smell <laughs> if she didn't have that link I don't think she'd get so yeah. mad at me but yeah it's <laughs> But yeah, I was literally Dewey's three, four days a week. Yeah, like I, I was there once a like week. Like I say, I worked I there just, like yeah. mad, and I ran the oval races there every Sunday, and then I right. raced every Saturday on road, and so, so I kind of missed the whole New Brighton trackside era because I just didn't have that much more time or money to right. race. Right. So I know that when when guys defected to Dewey's in like '97, it was it put. I mean, at this point, Winton didn't care. Yeah. He was kind of done either way, in a way. Hold on one uh, sec. The track very much. I don't know what's going on with his life, but I think he was, he was very disinterested in, in that place at that time. Right. But he switched that place to carpet for like the last six months of its existence. I remember that. And I never went in there at that point in time. But he, he was on the impression that everybody was, you know, wanting to run carpet. And that was why nobody was there. And it wasn't because and the place was just small and, and three crappy. Three carpets. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, it was that. And so, did you hear how bad he wrecked that building? The mold from the dirt. Mm. Well, I, I mean, yeah, I, he it did the same thing to my lungs at the time. So, yeah, you were breathing that. Exactly. I, I mean, I know what's worse, that or Paragon? <laughs> so, speaking of Paragon, so, so Eric, get this. So, in the middle, of he's got a billion things in his mind right now. He yeah, does. I do. I can tell. Okay. So, Next to the track was an old woman's clothing store, and not too far down from that was a grocery store. Oh, you're talking I just remember the Dairy Queen because I was a fat kid. Oh, the Dairy. <laughs> oh, that was over at yeah. The New Dairy Brighton. Queen at New Brighton. I are we talking about Dewey's? Oh, uh, I'm talking, talking about Dewey's now. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. My mind naturally goes to Dairy Queen, yep. so <laughs> so does mine. Apologize. I remember going to that Dairy Queen and thinking I had some kind of game. I used, I was filthy from the track, and I used to hit on the. I was such a. I, that's, 
I should. talking about the potato yeah. Dairy Queen. I, I was such a creep to those poor girls back then. I mean, I was a kid. I was 13, oh, right. 14, 15, around there. But I used to go there, and I used to hit. On your moped. You So we just drove it, but we ghosted into a brick wall a moment earlier. <laughs> I remember I put uh, metal triple trap pedals on that moped and thinking it was so flipping cool. <laughs> I remember you got on it and ripped down Old Highway to the gas station, and I was like, oh, shit, he's on the actual road with this thing. And he was like 13 years old. It went 30 At the time, it seemed like so illegal to me that you were just riding on the highway on a moped. I think it was so illegal. Oh, God. I, I think your assumptions about that was correct. But uh, funny. oh, it was awesome. But but yeah, that Dairy Queen we spent we spent a lot of time in there. Oh, the racers had to have you know been we, responsible for a large majority of that place's we bottom line. That place for a long time. A quick thing about that Dairy Queen when I I lived in that trailer park right. Across oh yeah, the street you lived for there a while, for a while. And my neighbor across the street would drive to the Dairy Queen. Really, oh, dude, walk like. <laughs> Do you, like you drove to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that why you rolled in there all the time on your yeah, bike? Yeah, because I lived right across. You the lived street. in your van. Yeah, uh, yeah. He lived oh, right there. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then. I yeah. thought you were just cruising in from you somewhere. Lived, no, I lived what, in oh six seven. Because I remember you probably about oh seven. Because when you started dating Brenda, I was just looking to my wife to and ask she her walked she away. Left. But yeah, that'd probably be about right. Yeah. Because then I moved in with her for a year or two, and then we bought this place in 2009, yep. Yeah. yep. So, but yeah, but Dewey's, though, the, that, that track, it was, I remember it, that might be another one where I'm trying to remember it bigger and better than what, I remember it being a higher class facility, though. Well, it was for the time. It, it was, really was. I, but, you know, I remember other things like that, but I remember going in there and being blown away. Like, there, there's a hobby shop, but with other models on the wall. Oh. And there's a track that, there, there's a nice track with, you know, all the boards matched for the most oh, yeah, part. Yeah. Yep. And the pits went all the way to the back room, and everybody's truing tires and tweaking their car. is the first time I've seen people, like, tweak. Right. Because with off-road, you just, whatever. I mean, we didn't start looking at ride height numbers until 2004. Right. <laughs> and i got to say the Dewey's era. Bones level. Yep. The Dewey, yeah. The Dewey's era was about the time you started doing that in on-road anyways. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you were tweaking stuff a little bit more and getting so, it dialed in a little more as far as ride height and right tire size and roll out and yep and that's where i learned to pick my chunk up off the track and glue <laughs> it back on the tire so my favorite story about dewey's is we did a there was the star city days parade yep. in invergrove heights every year in september yep and he had just started a new sedan class but sedans oh really god that was horrific yet. back then but you, anyways, yeah the cars were just crazy. the rs4s yeah, well, no, they. I don't think they'd even come out yet. More, more like an RS2 or something. RC10DS was popular. I had popular. one, and I killed in that class with it. Yes. But I what about the TAO2? 
Wasn't that one of the that, first touring cars? That might have been what I had, actually. That yep. My story about this is we were racing on a Saturday, and we also had the parade. Well, yep. Dwayne did a gas truck in the parade, and I did an electric car. Yeah. And I literally took the same electric sedan that I just got done and running a parade for an hour and a half and brought it into the <laughs> shop in time for the last qualifier and TQ'd. That's awesome. Like, I literally just bolted different tires on it and charged up another battery, and this car just got done running an hour and a half yeah. in a parade. And so, back then, fast guys ran mod, slow beginners ran stock, and the stock 12-scale main... Jeff called it the Z main. No, that was the B main. Was the Z main? The B main was the Z main. Yeah. Was that because it was me, all the Zacuses, and one other person? Three, three other Zacuses. No, yes. there were three or four Zacuses. There was me, Joser Senior, sometimes Joser Junior. Yes. Uh, David Zeng. Yes. So the whole B main was people with the last name of Z. And we all had the same the kind of ever. crappy bowl cut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, y'all had the David Zane cut. Yes. <laughs> the Asian haircut, yes. the mole. <laughs> but, I mean, what was cool about that place is because I worked on both of my passions. I worked on RC car racing, and then you had the starting gate in the oh, back. Yeah, yep. And I would bring my BMX bike in between heats. Oh, yeah, Jeff do would, gate starts. We'd do gate starts. Yep. And then one day, I think Jeff just caught his breath from 22 years ago. He ran alongside oh, yeah, yeah. me and I kept challenged up. Him a race. <laughs> like 150 feet, he'd be on his bike, and I was running, and I actually was. Right he was there right with him. there. Like I, I, I had you it. until about the last five feet. Yeah, exactly. But that place was awesome, and then it just. Dewey went back to college and closed it down, yep. I think. Yep. And, well, the other thing is, he wasn't making money. No. I mean, he was doing all right, but he, he was paying himself about three bucks an hour. Really? Literally, yeah. Like, oh, like that's every rough. other track in town. Yeah, you. It's, you know, you put a hundred hours a week into it. Yeah. You know, but I get it. I I spent a hundred and thirteen, hundred and fifteen bucks just on tires today oh, at yeah. the five, and I think I made his day. Oh yeah. Type deal. Yep. Um, you increased his till count by double. Yeah. It was. But, I mean, it's just a practice day-to-day, too. Oh, yep. So. Um, but, yeah, like you talk about the New Brighton track side. That's how I feel about Dewey's. Right. Like that was my thing. And I lived with Dewey for a while. We were roommates. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. And he basically quit racing after that, I yep, want to say. Yep, totally quit. He just he just started a family. And yep. He, was getting into, he started a restaurant business for a while. Yep. Just totally got out of it. He had to, like, he had to make a clean break. He couldn't handle just racing once in a while. Or, well, yeah, he's yeah. at. Yeah. Um, speaking of, it's like Bob Cooper. He's been coming back here and there, yep. but he used to be so hardcore back in the eighties and nineties. Yep. Do you remember Eric? Have you ever met John Moe? <laughs> no, but I know all the stories I about John Moe. I I had to bring I it up. Lots of John. I mean. I'd never, I've never seen the guy, but his legend runs long. So my temper used to be very bad on the driver's stand, but it was nothing compared to a man named John Moe. <laughs> John Moe would come to Max Models, and he'd be at North Star. He, he was at the track to the old, to the first track site, and he was this greasy. Uh, he was a greasy Harley. He he looks like he belonged in the movie Mask. He was like a background character in the movie Mask. <laughs> no, not like Hells he Angels looked like. Wheels. Yeah. 
he didn't look like Mask, but he looked like no. he was a background character. And he walked around, I remember, with a boot knife and probably with a gun hidden. And I remember him breaking aluminum tub, RC-10s over his knee, and him having another one ready to go. <laughs> I was racing at Hub Hobby, yeah. you know, the outdoor track yes. in, in Little Canada. He literally got so mad, he smashed his transmitter on the railing. Yeah. And pieces of it hit me while I'm racing, <laughs> like standing next to him driving. And I'm like getting hit by plastic chunks off his transmitter. <laughs> so when you raced with him, did he have a pit? pit spot full of literally a dozen cars yeah sometimes because he would need that many i remember the one of the last times you ran i was 11 or 12 it was at the i was no i had to be 11 and it was at the first track site and they had a monster truck class oh yeah that's when they really started coming out with the Zilla kits and all that stuff and he had this tricked out monster truck yeah and i think i screwed up on a marshall and he got off the driver's stand, not pushed me, but he kind of pinned me against the wall, like talked me into a corner, oh. and his hand was next to my head like he was going to punch me in the <laughs> face just because of a bad marshal. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow, this is different. And I was always afraid of him because he had that big boot knife. Yeah, a Bowie knife in yeah. his boot or something. Yep. And all that stuff. And that was literally the last time I saw the guy. I think yeah. he quit after that. So, um, yeah, we kind of just jumped around I, there from uh, Dewey's to Trackside. I raced, I raced slot cars with him at a slot car track in Forest Lake. Like the yeah. 124 scale wing okay. cars. The yes. fast cars. Yes. And he got so mad at a race one day, he picked his car up off the track and smashed it on the wall. Like literally just threw it against the wall as hard as he could and walked out. Yeah. And I went over there and picked it up and I'm like, oh, the motor's still good. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I got about... Yeah, he was crazy. I would say I got about 35% as mad as he used to get. And when I was getting mad on the stand, I was the you worst of the yell. worst. I was the worst of the worst at the track, and I was thirty-five yeah, percent. Yeah, we've all been there. I was there too long, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I had a good ten-year stretch. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's you know one thing to yell, and then I don't know. Yeah, uh, he he was different. Yep. I don't know. Uh, yeah, stories upon stories. Uh, um, so what, Dewey's? I think we all came together at Central, kinda. After uh, yeah. Dewey's and yep. Trackside closed, yep. Doug Ringwald, a lot of people, last time I saw Doug Ringwald was 2008. He was selling his house in Elk River. 2000, yeah, 2008, because I got hammered with him. <laughs> and then we drove across town in his jacked-up diesel truck to his place and got more hammered. And I lived across the lake in the apartment buildings. Oh, yeah. And I remember walking home and getting hassled by the cop for three, cops for like two, three hours on the side of the road because I was walking home. But he was a pivotal part in RC, even though <laughs> I don't think he ever paid rent. I, 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 have to say, I have to say think. The word think. <laughs> My assumptions. But that off-road track and the on-road track, I remember the on-road track being enclosed type deal. I, I'd, I'll say that for for whatever his character shortcomings were, and everybody can discuss them ad nauseum because oh, yeah. he was a uh, he was a lively character, and there were many stories about him, and you know he was a love him or hate him type guy. Yeah. 
he he was responsible for, in my opinion, pushing the level of RC in this state from like the level it was at to like the right. national stage. I think the, the tracks that we had that were that came from his initial rendition of Central RC. I mean that I think it set the stage for the next 15, 20 years of RC racing. I mean, we're talking about these on-road tracks, these off-road tracks, like here's a hole in the wall, here's a place that people ran in six months out of the year. When Doug Ringle built his first track, Central RC, it was an off-road track that was better than any other off-road track that we'd ever had before. Right. And then he added an on-road track to that same facility that was the best on-road track we'd ever had before. So all of a sudden, everyone was in the same building, and there was a hobby shop, and both of these places were just, like, mint in comparison to what we had been used to. Right. And and that was, you know, the calendar year of 1999 is what what Central RC was. And I remember, you know, Paul and you and Scotty Ehrings traveling out to run at the on-road track back when Paul was, like... 14 or something, 15 years old. He was. And I, remember that, I think that was one of the first races that Paul and you, like, won. Because I remember, oh, I remember going out watching the on-road race at this time, and, and it was like, oh, here's Paul and you, and he's coming out for his first big race for Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And and he, like, he kicked everyone's ass, and it was like, whoa, this kid from Milwaukee's really fast. Yep. This was, like, one of the first times he'd ever gone anywhere, and it was Central RC. Yeah, and you know, we had that the the hard clay track, the off road track, right on the other side of the wall. I think that was a slicks and, type situation. No, it wasn't quite slicks. It was it was more like one run tires, unfortunately. That's true. Uh, Chad Lundahl did a lot of the track work at the time, or, or you know, Doug did a lot of the track work, but but Chad was definitely influencing it a lot. And mm-hmm. and at the time, Chad was was traveling around. You know, he went to Winter Champs a couple a uh, year or two, maybe, and. And there was, uh, you know, a lot of guys were, were, were getting really knowledgeable on off-road at this time and trying to influence the yeah. track conditions. And we tried to get the, the clay to be more like it was at SRS in Arizona. And, yep. And, you know, the, the, the conditions for everything improved a lot during that time. And then uh, I remember New Year's Day, like the, one of the first days of 2000, we moved uh, from Central RC to the infamous... Yeah. Village North Plaza in Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, to what became Midwest Hobby and Raceway, which is, in my opinion, the most dialed RC facility that the state and region has ever known. And people can rip on the fact that it had a leaky roof or that it was in the hood and people could get their car stolen if they left it running outside. Jeff Jordan... (coughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, it was kind of in a rough area and, you know, whatever. But this place was... It wasn't half as rough as Broadway and Penn. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go, yeah. It, but this place was an amazing off-road track that was huge for indoors. It was like 115 by 65 or something. And there was an equally sized on-road track on the yeah, other side of the wall. amazing on-road track, too. Yes. And, and if you went one ball beyond that... The third wall. Yep. There was a goddamn circus, circus arcade <laughs> in a strip. I mean, this place was in a strip mall that had a Radio Shack, and that strip mall, at, you know, in its dying days, was, yep. you know, absolute skid row. But yep. you know, for a few years there, especially in the early days of MHR and what eventually became Twin City Hobby Raceway, 
that you know it was lively. The, yep. the, the circus circus, like for people who don't know what the hell circus circus is, it was like a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, you know, yeah, it was. It, that, it was. Awful. I mean, this was the the uh, the perfect setup because it was just bad enough to where it was some double RC racers could afford to put a track in, yeah. but it was still awesome enough to where it was like we'll never have this setup again. This is a once in a lifetime situation where we're going to have two world class tracks that are some of the biggest in the country, and they're in the same building right next to each other, they're and they're world. within. 15 miles of the center of a major metropolitan yeah. area. Like, yes. that just does not happen. And you can't find anything like that anywhere else in the country right. since then and now. Like, to have that much track this close to an international airport is just unheard of. Oh, yeah. Beth and I bond over Village North because she grew up basically across Brooklyn Boulevard. She was off of um, Zane and 79th. Oh, okay. White Castle from her house. Yep. Oh, I love that White Castle. I know. And we talk. She's like, my ex boyfriend. I think is her ex boyfriend wanted to race in there, or whatever. But she was aware of it, and I like I said that on last week's episode. That's where I chain smoked with Brian Kinwald for a weekend. <laughs> I mean, that was awesome back in the day. We had. One Norca off-road championship there, a Norca on-road championship, two or three and Norcas a Roar. There. there was at least two Norca on-road championships there. Yeah, so what we had, I can tell you exactly what they are, because yes. I think I won those races, so I remember them. But uh, we had the 2002 Norca on-road nationals. Yeah. We had the 2002 Norca off-road winter nationals. Okay. And we had the 2003 War On-Road Carpet Nationals. So for you people... Oh, so those are the three sanctioned major races we had. And then beyond that, we had October a fast. handful of October Fast races, which were a part of the Triple Crown On-Road Series between, at the time, I think it was Cleveland and maybe like some ho- maybe the Halloween Classic Halloween or some Classic. rendition of that. And then our race, which was October Fast. Well, it must not have been Halloween Classic. Some other race, but it was, was it essentially, series? you know, three big races in the Midwest. Yeah. But these guys, I mean, we had all the factory travel teams were coming here. Yeah. Jim Law was here multiple times. Mike Greedy was here. Francis. Yep. I mean, you name them. They, they all came to our town. Right. Like, these people were here racing with us. Yes. That that was, I, I want to say that was our golden era of RC. Like, the national golden era was the RC 10 days mid 80s to early 90s but minnesota's golden era was that track yep i i agree yeah for sure and so i was i was always bummed that we didn't get a bigger off-road race we had these you know the big on-road races but we had you know one norca winter champs race or whatever which was a big race but for listeners i felt like I felt like that place could have easily held a roar national and it's, it bums me out that we never had one because could have turned the whole on-road side into pits and yeah yep, had a big yeah. race well when we had the on-road nationals the whole off-road side was right. pits i remember that yep. yep. i pit over there because i was off-road to the core yeah so, the pit with the dirt <laughs> for people who don't know what norca is they were a competing company with roar i don't think they i think it was just a competing organization i don't think there was much difference between the two no it was just another was sanctioning like, body i mean it's like what is it that motorcycle? It's AMA and oh, yeah. Uh, what I don't know. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Just another sanctioning body, but 
back in the nineties, it was, I mean, it was legit. It was, they had the Norca truck world cup, which was the only real recognized world championship for off-road trucks. Yep. Um, and then the Norca off-road nationals were always big on-road nationals were a little smaller, but I mean, I remember back in the mid nineties, you had magazine coverage for the Roar off-road Nats and the Norca off-road Nats, And I mean, there wasn't all the same people were at both races right. and they right. were listed in the boat in the magazines the same way. So yeah. I think there was a point in time where Norca could have probably took over, but right. So then after that, it, um, eventually the mall got torn down because it was eminent domain. I think since they moved in there originally, now it's yeah, it was it was it was on its last leg from from the get go. It was like, well, you guys can move in for this year, but we don't know what's going to happen because yeah. there's you know the ceiling doesn't work, the air conditioning doesn't work, the uh, we're tearing this down, and we're going to build a bowling alley or whatever. Uh, they, it they, was at the time. They were going to build a bowling alley, but ended up building townhomes. There's bowling. They did build a bowling alley. alley. Yeah. Okay. It's a gigantic Brunswick zone there right now. Okay, I know there's I mean, the rest of the shopping mall is. You know, there's townhomes there, but the part where our track was, was is a bowling alley. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, so 2003 came around, and it became like, all right, we, you know, the the word came down that now you you guys are out. You got to get out by you know summertime or whatever it was. So right at that point in time, uh, a group, a consortium of folks that were wanted to keep the track going, bought the track from Doug Ringgold because he was. Uh, he got out of the business of track ownership for whatever reason. Hmm. And, and the group of, of, I think it was 10 guys, bought the track, um, kept it alive. I mean, you can say what you want about whether that was a smart decision. And like and anybody listening to this, we're like, oh, yeah, well, 10 people, that's way too many cooks it's in the kitchen. Of course, that's situation. not going to succeed. We had to keep it but going. At the, time, at the time, they kept it going. And for that, you know, as a as a young kid, you know, young guy, you know, dedicated to the sport. All ten of those guys are my heroes. Yeah, you know, thank sure. you. <laughs> yeah, you, they all lost a thousand dollars going in on that right. one together. So, but they kept the track open, and we had some kick ass racing after they bought it. We had the World Nationals after they bought it, uh, and then we moved to the other location uh, in the summer of two thousand three. Uh, so when they, when they took over, then it became Twin City Hobby and Raceway. It was Midwest Hobby and Raceway when Doug Ringgold owned it. Uh, and then 2002, they, or 2001, maybe they bought it. It became Twin City Hobby and Raceway. And in 2003, it moved from the, the shopping mall, which was great in every way, shape, or form, except for the fact that it was in a rough area and there was no air conditioning in the ceiling leaked. <laughs> Um, but we moved into like a, an industrial area just up the road off of Boone Avenue and Brooklyn Boulevard, oh, yeah. which was a super nice building. Um, oh. All brand new, you know, relatively brand new, new bathrooms. Um, but the problem was is that we went from being on Brooklyn Boulevard to all the people that drove by and wondered what the heck is this place. Yep. Yep. So now we're off in the back of some industrial area and there was no foot traffic there was no people driving in because they saw something look interesting and it became just a place that people you had to know about it to go there and i think that was what it, what its downfall was there was never as many people standing around there looking at stuff there was never people coming in off the street and being like 
oh yeah, I used to race back when I was a kid, and I saw all these people there and came in, and lo and behold, there's a track. I mean, at, at the old, at that other location, that's what you'd hear. You'd hear people that stumbled upon it, and, and they knew what RC racing was, but had no idea there was a track. And nobody found that second location, as cool as it was. It was... Right. Uh, I know I'm telling you guys stuff you already know, but for the listeners, it was it was a dirt only track. We didn't we didn't have an on road track at this point <clears throat> because on road was kind of dwindling at the time, yep. and yep. and the the main portion of the ownership was into off road, and the off road entry count was huge back then, and uh, and it just wasn't economically feasible to carry on that multiple track, and that's how rare that that situation we had at MHR was, is it was like. Just two years later, we're moving to a crappier location, and we can't only afford to do one track. Right. And even then, it was way too over. It was way too much money for what they could afford. It was. I was there. So that was four days a week, earning my paychecks there, my entire <laughs> paychecks there, wanting to. Yeah. Like I was literally buying a new kit every other week. I remember you married yet? No, I got married <laughs> when that track was still open. Oh yeah. So Beth, Beth was at that track with me four days out of the week. And we just hung out there. We spent, um, we went there for a Christmas with, um, do you remember Mr. B, Eric? Greg Birdall? I only knew him as Mr. B. <laughs> yeah, it's Greg Birdall. Yeah. Yep. Older dude, yeah, bald. He was one of the ten guys, but he didn't, like, he didn't race. He didn't really show up much, but he was, like, he was number ten. So when he was one there. One of the guys that bought the track. When he was there, he was a very nice guy. Yep. When he was there, he w- practiced every Sunday with us. And your dad, your dad worked the shop on Sundays. Yes. So your dad worked the shop on Sundays. I worked the shop on Thursdays. Okay. So you worked the old man nitro night. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not going to live very long because of it too. Nitro right. and years out of my life. Um, but yeah, Mr. B. Um, uh, we spent a Christmas, like, we got done with our family stuff, Beth and I, and it's like, hey, let's go meet Mr. B at the track and have a couple of beers because Mr. B really didn't have a family Oh, yep. type situation. So we, Beth and I actually spent a few holidays at night after we were done with our family stuff there, just drinking huh. beers and running laps with Mr. B. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah, he used to open up, and we used to hang out with that guy constantly. Um, yeah, had I known that, I'd have come too. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what; those were some of the best holidays—just burning laps and laughing with. Ray Cook showed up once or twice, but it's just Beth, me, Mister B, and maybe once it was Ray, but that was about it. Um, I remember. The Nitro Series started at TCHR, I believe. And we have questions about, about the Minnesota Nitro Series. Yeah, the series? Minnesota yeah. Nitro Series, I believe. Isn't that right, Eric? Well, I don't think that it started there, but it was definitely on the first like the first year that that series existed. It was a stop, I think. Yeah. I don't know I, I don't know who exactly started. I feel like it was the guys that were like up you know, like Jimmer and maybe those guys, did they start the Nitro Series? Jimmer, Fisk, Jeff Ford. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Jeff was super into Nitro at the time. I think he got Josh super into it right then and there because that was a new deal. I don't think Josh really liked Electric and he was about to quit. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I don't think Josh was that old at that point. No, he was like, he's younger than us by a few years. So, but yeah, I mean, it was they. We ran there for that Nitro series. Yeah, yeah. That first couple of years of that Nitro series was rough, man. I mean, we were running in like people's backyards, and I mean, I I went to that thing as a dude that was running on you know these super high-end off-road tracks and traveling around the Midwest racing at electric off-road races. And, you know, I was going to, like, we were going to the Roar Dance and running there. And then we go to these Nitro Series races. And, I mean, it was like, what planet are we on? This is ridiculous. (laughs) We're we're driving cars into potholes that, like, swallow the car up. And, like, everyone's having a great time. It was funny. It was like a party, you know, but as, like, a super hardcore racer, it was just, like, we were just giggling at it because of how (laughs) ridiculous it seemed. And, I mean, all props to the guys that made that thing happen because they had a vision and they made it work, and it was a heck of a party, and it was awesome in that regard. It's still good. They had great great time racing, too, and and you can't knock it. But just from the perspective of, like, somebody that was running, like, the electric off-road and on at the time, yeah. That thing was such a joke. Imagine to running gas truck. The thing, it, it, it was, it's gas cool. Truck? I mean, look at it. It's still, gas truck? It's still existing now. So. It's my gas truck. Oh, you yeah, had a gas truck? Oh, yeah. oh, wow. Is that the uh, conversion for the LXT? No, it's RC. That's an RC. That's a GT. Yeah. Still can't be a GT. I think yeah. that one's done up in the King Richard Saxton's livery, too. Pretty much. I oh, I saw it was purple. Bit. Maybe not. That's your, oh, that's your yeah, truck? That was mine, yeah. That yeah. was at uh, Hub. Okay, okay. I like Gas Truck, and people have been trying to bring it back, but I think those days are just gone for it. Oh, that could be. I mean, ah, the the point one two is the most temperamental motor out there. See, I didn't think they were at all. I don't it know. all depends. You know, we didn't... Should we get into the Heart of America real quick? Because I was running at the Heart of America the same time as TCHR was open, even though the Heart of America started in 1971. Yep. I know Eric came and watched once or twice. But yeah, Steve and Chad and I went out there once and sat around watching you guys. Do you know the last time? So the rumor is last time we were at the Music Land Group building, we did not have permission to really be there. No. <laughs> just a gorilla race on the weekend oh, after really? 5 o'clock on Friday? Because we had permission prior, but we couldn't get it for that last race. Set. No, so we just set up a track yeah. and ran. <laughs> oh, that's hardcore. I love it. nobody to kick us out on a weekend. Yeah. You know? Nobody's using the parking lot. So. Yep. But A-scale on-road, I always tell people this. If you can stand going to Lincoln, Nebraska right. eight times a year... Race the heart of America. There's nothing. Or just go there on a Saturday if somebody's there, you know, and get to drive one of their cars. It's it's not it's like nothing else you can drive. It it's is crazy. So when I started racing the heart of America, Jeff, you were racing a little bit of a scale, but it was yeah. mostly you went to touring car. I did only because of your dad. Oh, so your, your dad each ran other. eight scale, so we pitted each other. I yeah. got you. And sedan was a little cheaper. Yeah. Because I would love to run eight scale, but yeah. Right, and that's when um, what's his face, Nub moved to. Nub moved to um, Florida at that point. Yeah, he, I would say yeah, he's all done here. Yeah. So my favorite Nub story 
is him and Neil Youngren were running two-wheel drive gas yep, on, yep. on Road 8 scale. Okay. And they were one and two all weekend at a Heart yes. of America race. And I was pitting for Neil, and my buddy Gary was pitting for Nub. Okay. And the warm-up for the main, you know how, like, you yep. go out for, you know, they do, like, a five-minute warm-up yeah. for this hour-long main. Yes. Neil would go out, run a lap. He, I, Neil, come in. Lean it down a little. Yeah. Nub would do the same thing. Gary, got to lean it down. <laughs> 30 seconds before the start of the race, I'm like, Neil, come in. I put my screwdriver next to the needle valve and turn it a quarter <laughs> turn. Nub's like, I got to come in. Lean it down. So he cranks his down another quarter turn and starts lean bogging oh, three yeah. minutes into the race and is junk. <laughs> Have you ever dealt with the lean <laughs> like bog, Eric? totally... Totally suckered in the lean oh, yeah. car too much. The lean bog at the end of the straight where your car just goes. Yeah, oh, and then, oh, and then it won't oh. pick up again. And, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just not enough fuel. That, that I just is totally so awesome. suckered in them into it though. So <laughs> we did miss a bunch. What's that? A bunch because we've been oh, going for a quite. A, we've been going yeah. for an hour, thirty minutes. Right. There's still well, so maybe what? We got to do part two. We might have to because we didn't <laughs> get into Paragon, Fitch Motors, or oh, Delta, yeah. right? But um, Peter Fitch started racing again recently. I think he's done again. Though. Uh, yep. I'm not sure. Pretty Should sure. we get into listener questions? Uh, we have those. We have listeners. Yes. There, there, there are. <laughs> this about, is live now. Not live now. Oh, gotcha. This was from a post I made oh, okay, yesterday. Gotcha. So about a hundred. Brenda, you got any questions? Yeah, Brenda, <laughs> any questions? All my questions have been answered. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. Menor, we answered his question about our first car. Oh. Scott Schaub. Did we? What was our first cars? We talked about our first track. Eric's was a on-road car. He tried running oh, that's right. that Buick. Yep. yep. Yours was well. You yours was uh, a Tamiya twelve scale. Well, yeah, that's what I bought is a Tamiya 12 scale, like literally like three weeks before the Associated 12L came out. Oh, that's. And then once those <laughs> came out, I got one of them. That sucks. Yeah, and I had every single 12L since then. Yep. Yep. And mine was a hobbled together RC10 with some JRX cool. two parts sprinkled in. Yep. Uh, Scott Schaub, we can all answer this one. What was your most memorable moment at a RC. At at um, Starbucks, at any race in Starbucks. Wow. How much time do I have? Most memorable? Yeah. All right, so I'll go. I, I've thought of a few, but it's go ahead. It's 2 in the morning. What was his name? The, the son that's not with Cody. Cody, Cody yeah, sorry. Yes. No. I couldn't remember. It's 2 in the morning, Saturday night. I'm introduce, introducing him to death metal. He doesn't know, which is Really? Weird. Yeah. So I crank it up, and Andrew comes stomping out of his trailer. Turn that down. We're trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, that's probably about my favorite memory. Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. What about you, Eric? Um, well, I think I know the answer that Scott wants us to say <laughs> is that there was a time when Scott Schaub threw a rock over the top of uh, the barn and hit some guy's windshield. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anybody remembers that. I don't remember that's that. Kind of, I wasn't there, but I heard about it. So I remember yeah. that guy. I forget his name, but he was a bit overweight. He drove a Ford Thunderbird, and he hung his cars on the wall. So every time he hung his cars on the pit wall 
and we used to throw the football around and we accidentally knocked into it once, he came stomping out screaming, Whatever. You guys knock it off. <laughs> so we're like, oh, we're going to mess with this guy the rest of the weekend. Yep. Every 10 minutes, just wham, football into the wall. <laughs> oh, from the us. outside? Yeah, from That's the outside. Funny. You think he'd learn? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was. Good. I, I mean, I think we could do a whole podcast on right. Starbucks, honestly. Oh, yeah. that, that's <laughs> There's so many. I mean, three. it would have to be. It would almost have to be X-rated too. There's, there's a lot of oh, yeah. stuff we probably can't even put on this there's podcast. A lot of stuff we just can't say that's for our memories only. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of take it to your grave type stuff that right. goes on the Starbucks. How about uh, blowing the motor in the Tahoe, Eric? How many motors have you blown up in Starbucks? I've blown up two Astrovan engines <laughs> on the way to Starbucks. Yes. Of them was in 1997, yep. which I wasn't driving that. It was my mom driving the Astrovan. And that thing blew up at about St. Joseph on the way up 94. Yep. Um, we were able to make it to the race. That was one of the first Art Madness classics, I think. Yeah. Uh, the first was 96. The second was 97. The second yeah. one was a kind of a gorilla race. They hobbled it to get because one of our races, a fun city race, got rained out down here. Oh yeah, and it was literally let's all go up to Starbucks, <laughs> and Jay literally goes, "This is utter madness," and that was the name of the race. Right. I cool. I am pretty confident that I am responsible for people going to Starbucks. I'm sure because you had yep. that cabin and Alex. Right. So the story that I tell, which is true because I remember it. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing I've ever said. But so the 1996 Stock Nationals occurred in Fargo. Right. Yep. And we all, we all went there because, I mean, it's the war Stock Nationals. Yeah, and it was two, you know, three or four hours away from home. So I go up there with my mom because she took me to all the races at the time. And... So the junior final comes up, and Joe was in it, obviously. I wasn't. I was in the B main. But I think Cody was probably in it, or Cody somewhere in it. somewhere or another, Cody, Cody was, was in a race. In and they were announcing like, like where these people were from. Yep. So the, the announcement comes across, you know, Cody Campbell from Starbucks, Minnesota. And at that point, my mom is like, Starbucks? That's right by our cabin. <laughs> so... Of course, like, I'm, I'm like, what, really? There's a track by our cabin that we can go to? And, like, I'm 12 years old and just want to go to every track that's ever existed. It was so, made out of cow shit. You can't <laughs> remember that so part. We ended up, we ended up looking <laughs> up this track and calling Jay, like, just over the, over the phone at the time. And he's like, yeah, we got a track out here? Because I think he had his Hold information and, in, like, the RC back of RC car, car action. RC car action had the track directory. Yeah, so we went out there then, like in July. The stock nats were in in June. We went out there then one weekend. We were at our cabin, and we went out there in July. And this was like the first year that Jay was there. He yep. he came he came from Oregon or somewhere yeah. out west, and this was the first year that he had his track open. And so we went over there. And I think we were the first people from the Twin Cities to go to his track. And they had a little group of guys running from Glenwood, like this one kid named Eric Winter and his dad. They were there running races. and But we were there, and he was telling us, yeah, we're having this race this fall, and, you know, you should take these flyers back to your track. So we took, we took a bunch of flyers from Jay and his wife and brought them and put them up in the hobby shops in the Twin Cities and put them up at trackside cool. and told everybody about this race. Right. 
And then we all went up there. I think it was like the first race that everybody went up there was... It was an utter madness. I don't know if it was utter madness because I remember it being super cold. It was. It was September. Yeah. Okay, maybe it was in September. It was a one-day race. It was. The track was frozen pretty much, and everybody was freezing their ass off. Yeah, it's better than sweating their ass off usual in July. Yep. Well, the thing about that is um, I remember we had a different race to go to, and I think you're right. That flyer was there. And we're the outdoor race, I think it was a big fun city race or something. And we all decided last minute that day to go up to Starbucks. It's probably because it was too cold. Yeah. <laughs> too cold to race outside, so go to this indoor track, which right. wasn't probably much warmer. But... Man. No, Starbucks, you know, there's another thing if we're talking about things right. people give a hard time, but are really actually really important to the history of the sport in this state. I got to say Starbucks. I mean, that place... I got so many good memories from that place. I mean, first time getting hammered was in Starbucks. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had my first drink in Starbucks. <laughs> Cody Campbell and I would wait up till 1 o'clock in the morning, and we'd take, like, one beer or Zima out of everybody's out of everybody's cooler. And we didn't realize what we are doing. We'd just start pounding. We each had, like, four or five each and just were. Oh, yeah. Go- I bet if I had four beers now, I'd be gone. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, a lot of people did a lot of growing up in Starbucks. Yeah. That's right. I think, I think that place contributed to a lot of people's ascension into adulthood. But th- that's, that's my most memorable moment there myself is picking beers out of people's coolers after they went to bed and getting hammered with Cody. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good memory, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, let's see. Any more questions? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, Vink just talking about somebody at the, his track dropped off a 12i, a 12-scale Delta, and a 10-scale Delta with Novaks. What else do we got? I was, Joe, just, I was just telling your dad he should sell his villain. That thing's worth a lot of money right now. I know. He should. He's like, oh, I could do that. I don't have many memories of that car. Yeah. <laughs> Scaramel was to say, talk about the 90s, how the, the dirt and the different batteries and the motor... Oh yeah, it, it's a totally different game, hundred percent. Right. Uh, brush motors had to cut the comms; the dirt was loose. I still got your dad's com truer downstairs. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, not. I mean, it slowly evolved if you stayed in the hobby. But if you left in the nineties yeah. and yeah. came back now, yep. like I, uh, Eric and I have a friend, Brian Wozleski. I sold him my Yokomo carpet buggy, and he's like. Going through Amy and Avi's like, I don't know what to do. Oh. I'm like, I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> it's it's way different. Well, what's funny now is you, I have a B5 and a T4 downstairs that I couldn't give away. Yeah. Like, and that's a, they're both great cars. Yeah. But well, they're too old. Joe too, 3. Too outdated. So. Yeah, give your what? Oh. B5 to Joe 3. Yeah, I could. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to say. If you need them. Joe 3, I got him a B5M Championship Edition from Kevin Vanner. Oh, yeah, and mine's the rear motor. Yep. yep. It was 100% mint with 25 minutes of runtime. <laughs> yeah, and it was worthless. It has every single part 10 times over. Oh. <laughs> I got it for 75 bucks. Yep. Perfect car for Joe. Right. And it, I drive it, and I'm jealous of how easy it is to drive in comparison. Right. It's a little slow through the corners, and I get it. But yeah. it's way easier to drive than my B6.1, and my B6.1 right. is awesome. Right. Um, 
Ryan Greening had a few. Uh, he goes, did anyone race oval at Swanson's Fabrics in Eveleth in the early 90s? I do not remember that, but that's way north. I don't either. Yeah, that was a different world up there for a right. while. There was a there was a track in Cloquet for a while. Yep, they right raced the at a roller backyard. rink up there. Right. Yep. Uh, anybody have any Magic Mark Makowski in the Snowball Club? We call him Doc. Do you have any stories about him? I Wait, about who? Magic Mark, Mark Muskowski. But it's not the magic that tr- died on the driver's seat. Okay. Yeah, that's the only magic I know. Yeah, that happened in 2004. Him. Where was that at? The very first state championships in Duluth when it was oh, held yeah. in a hotel. Yep. In the A-Main, I believe, 12-scale dude got off the stand and died of a heart attack. Oh, yeah. I think I remember hearing that. I wasn't there. But... I wasn't there either. And that was the big talk in Starbucks that for that state champs. Oh. Because, of, yeah. Um, yeah, he was a good dude. Yeah, that was a that was a bum rap there. It was. Right. Any good Jimmer stories? N- not really. Jimmer. I mean, Jimmer's the one who had. I the mean, track his hit. name is Jimmer, and yeah. if you've been to his track, you know why his name is Jimmer. That's yeah. the only story you uh, need to know. He's yeah. great. His, his track is still there. We haven't ran on it in. Is that off road? Yeah, Nitro Series track. Oh yeah. We haven't ran on it in probably twelve years, and the track's exactly the same. Where is it at? <laughs> Uh, I want to say Forbes. Forbes, yes. Oh, yep, yep. Um, we, yeah, that's, we, that was one of the. That's the craziest track I've ever been to. I've literally never run one Nitro Series. Minnesota you would Nitro be Series race. You would be racing on his track, and a tire would come up out of the ground. <laughs> it was weird, man. Uh, I gotta <laughs> send funny. you guys. I I should put. We should make like posts on this page with um. There's a video from Jimmer's track with your oh, pictures. I got, I got all kinds of VHS tapes yes. of on-road racing. Right. Uh, we went through the Dewey Hobby stories. Um, any Northwood RC track stories in Brainerd? Uh, I don't. I The only time I raced in Brainerd was a couple on-road ones in a community center, I believe. Yep. I never made it to Northwoods. Yep. They used to race uh, in the, at the high school gymnasium, too, Yep. in Brainerd. Yeah. Oh, got some more... Um, yeah, Northwoods, man, I remember being there wanting a gas truck after that <laughs> because I was out there with, like, a T3 or whatever. Oh, Ross Duvall had an A-scale buggy. That was inconceivable to me. Yep. They were doing moto starts, all oh, that. Oh, yeah. The track was awesome. It had a lawn in between. It had grass and flowers in between the lanes. It, it was, was a mint track. Like and it, the elevation, I mean, you, there's no track I've ever seen on Earth that has as much elevation change as that place did. It elevated right. properly too. You because you, you stood on on for people that don't know what we're talking about. You stood on like a driver's stand that on the far left side of it would be like a two story drop down to the ground, right. but you walked onto it on a flat ramp. Yep. So the whole track was carved into the side of a hill. So you'd be on the driver's stand and ripping down like the back straightaway, and it would be like at eye level almost. Yeah. And then you'd go around the sweeper and you'd go down the hill, or if it were in the other orientation, you'd go up the hill, and you'd end up <clears throat> down the bottom corner, which was like thirty or forty feet lower than this higher part of the track. It was. And then the lap, the lap was just making your way up or down the hill one way or the other. 
It was pretty crazy. It was like a Laguna Seca RC track. Huh? Yeah, pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> I, but it was kind of like, it was, the dirt was really like baseball diamondy almost. And it was, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember getting pretty good grip out of it still, though. It was oh, really yeah, it was, fun stuff. It was a great, off- yeah, a great outdoor off-road track. Yeah. There, was, there wasn't much you could really rip on it for. I mean, if you ran A-scales and stuff on it now, I'm sure it would get blown out. But for electric off-road, it was just a good, a good go-run one-day type of track. We're we're watching. Sorry, we're watching Jeff's giant cat. <laughs> Open all the literally cupboards. dig through the cupboards for something <laughs> to eat. <laughs> um, we have one more question from Jeff. Ch- well, Verky asked what happened to the uh, some points season this year, but that's not the history. Oh of, yeah, uh, w- that's for another podcast. Because I really don't know Jeff Choban asks what's something common in today's rc world that would have blown our minds 20 plus years ago also what is something that hasn't really changed in since you started racing and what's it like for a new racer today versus 15 20 30 years ago so let's start with uh part one of that question i have to say lipos and brushless uh i would say radios the 2.4 gig radios i mean do you remember having to have frequency clips and and then do you remember the illegal frequencies yes like people being on 40 meg or 53 or whatever and yeah there's none of that anymore which is great oh man francis doesn't have a frequency clip yeah like he's like don't worry about it don't worry about about it (laughs) yeah i'm on a ham radio frequency exactly (laughs) what do you think eric about the same Oh yeah, I mean it's those are the the the, the big ones for sure. I mean, it, people nowadays will have no concept of only being able to cycle a battery one time a day, or you know, yeah, or soldering batteries together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, um, so, what is something that something that hasn't really changed since you started racing? Car prep. Got yeah. to do car prep right. Camber. Got to build the sauce. car right. Yep. It's got to be tweaked. Yes. Even off road. Yep. You know, it's got to go in a straight line and turn left and right the same. Yep. What about you, Eric? Green green slime. Yep. Yep. Green slime. (laughs) Still all use that shit. Yes. Yes. Green slime. Um, So when my my grandson was six months old, I was building a car with literally him in my lap. Yep. Right here. And. I had a tube of green slime, and I'd hand it to him. I'm green slime, and he's like, "Green slime, <laughs> like that sounds awesome." Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what's it like versus a new racer today versus 15, 20, 30 years ago? I want to say too many options these days. Too many options, too many classes. The other thing too is 15, 20 years ago, twelve scale mod was slower than what twelve scale stock is now. Right, crazy. Right. What do you think, Eric? Like the times and reaction time yeah. and speed is crazy now. Mods. Just like everything else. Yes. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think when we, when we look at other sports and how much more involved things have gotten over the last 20 years, like you can look at, you know, football or basketball. Plays are way more elaborate. Football, there's all sorts right. of specialists that play this or that position. And yeah. kids are playing sports from age four now. You have to, like, do it your whole life to yep. even get to that level or in, in full-scale racing you know it's things that there's everything is so much more elaborate and specialized and maybe we don't see it as easily because we've been just doing this hobby the whole time but i think if you were to step back and look at it 
you could probably find a similar uh, progression of specialization with everything. Oh, sure. Where back in the day, you know, you, you bought some equipment, threw it in a car, and, and put it on the track, and you could make something happen. And nowadays, like a kid, it's you just can't quite do it the same way. Like there's there's so much more information. There's so many more. I mean, even even if a person tries to run off road, it's like you know you used to run. Yeah. M two. Hold on, you're breaking up. You hold M2 on. M two tires or M three tires. That was it. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yep. Can you hear me now? Yep. Sorry, you're breaking up for a second. So. Oh, I guess to to continue on, I just things are way more elaborate in every way, shape, or form nowadays. Well, and neither of you are mixed martial arts fans. I know that, so I'll keep this down briefly so if you go to ufc 1 that was in 1993 to ufc 236 which was on last night they look like two totally different sports oh yeah just like everything 100 percent yeah that, and now. that progressed so uh, you know they don't allow nut shots and eye gouges and fish hooks now <laughs> <laughs> so but we shouldn't i mean if you look at the tracks too i mean <laughs> the only thing comparable anymore is a jump face and a landing. Yeah. You know, you put your car up in the air, you correct the attitude with the throttle, and you try to land it. And even the way you do that has changed over the years. Now, right. now so, you're not going fast unless you're, you know, scrubbing the wheels and keeping the thing as low as possible. And it's just, everything has just gotten more complex. And the amount of resources and information available to somebody starting nowadays is, I mean, it's, it's got to be overwhelming to people, I'd have to think. I mean, back then, when we all started... Yeah, there's a lot to learn, but you were forced to have a limited amount of it available to you. I mean, you only could you only could be exposed to what you read in the magazine. Right, right. Now you can scroll around on the internet, and yep. I mean, if I was starting nowadays and I went into a Facebook group where they were talking about something, I would just pack it up and not even start. <laughs> I mean, it would be. I mean, I could see that happening. I could see somebody being extremely overwhelmed in a hurry based right. on just the the pedantic nature of how we all approach things and over discuss every single topic and intricacies or everything it's just it can get out of hand in a hurry and i imagine that's a stroke oh you're breaking yeah. up you're, hold on one second you're breaking up again i'm just starting up there you go so i think I, you're back <laughs> what else i would add to that is no matter what you do with the rules no matter what class you run the fast guys are always fast and the whiners always whine. Yep. You, you know, know what, what I mean? though? Like, like the. You're right. But what's happening on roads about to have a big boost. Why is that? Because Euro trucks coming. <laughs> so okay, Euro truck guys like us, it's whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think I could have some fun with it, but it's a great beginner class. I have one. Yeah. I haven't literally, run it yet, but I have one. You literally put the truck together, glue the sidewall of the tires, and you run it. Right. It's nice and easy. That's it's gonna do to on road what slash did, this is my product prediction what slash did for off road right Traxxas saved ten scale off road as much as that kills me to save it and I think it's funny people bash Traxxas all the time but they're great for RC oh um Jimmy from Wheel Brokers yep he uh uh oh uh oh are we losing Eric I think we lost Eric. <laughs> Hold on one second. Let's see if we can reconnect. Well, him. just uh, I'll keep it going yeah, while you're talking. doing that. I think Traxxas was great for RC. Oh, yeah, for sure. And 
my for myself, I bought a slash when they first came out. And you bought mine too. And, and I've raced that under more issues on more tracks than anything else I've ever done. And I've jumped cars with it, I've been on fire. Yeah. Like that vehicle to me has had more fun than anything else yep. I've ever owned. Eric, are you there? I am here. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, uh, we're going to kill the video for this portion. The internet seems to be... Oh, that could be ours. It's been a little funky. Yeah, that's all right, though. So we're, we're talking... Close to the end anyways, yeah, we're we? getting pretty close to the end. We're just talking about how Traxxas and Tamiya, too, over the years, has saved RC. Right. Yeah. My, my other vehicle I had fun with over the years was yeah. a stupid Bowlink... What do you call it? Legend. Legend. I yes. drove that like mad. Yeah. Oval, off, on-road. I even off-road practice days on, like, Dewey's carpet with the jumps. Yeah. I jumped the thing. Like, it, you couldn't kill it. <laughs> right, right. I just had you fun know, and laugh at it, you know? You, you said something there that sparked a... Uh, uh, struck a nerve with me because I, he I hear this and see this online all the time. And okay. if you don't mind me, just blabby on for a moment about oh, something really quick. I think it's very relevant in the in the context of the history of RC in Minnesota. And then as a whole, you mentioned that such and such a brand or such and such a vehicle saved RC. 10 scale electric. So, okay, but this, I feel like this is a, something that I hear online every, every couple of months, somebody will post something about how RC is dying or it's just not the same oh, anymore yeah. and, and this and that. And every time I see someone say that, I want to just shake them and say, RC has been the same for as long as I've been involved in it. I would yep. agree. Nothing has changed. It's not dying. It's not growing. It's at a steady state. It's always been this way. And what changes is people's perception towards it when they come into the hobby. They come in and they think it's the greatest thing ever, and then maybe they get burned out for whatever reason. Right. And then all of a sudden, boom, their opinion of it is that it's dying or that it's not as great as it used to be. No, they're and people, people spread this mantra around online like, Oh, it's just, you know, RC is going to be dead in a couple months, you know, like two years from now, they won't even be a sport. Nope. It's been around forever and I don't see it changing anytime soon. It's been the same forever. The and you're point. the person that is changing, not the sport. Right. The so only that, thing that'll be piece. alive after nuclear war will be cockroaches and RC car racing. <laughs> yep. Hopefully Twinkies. <laughs> yeah. That'll be a, a RC car that Traxxas makes that a cockroach can drive. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But, yeah, no, it's that's something. I believe Mike Garrison did an article on Live RC that was saying pretty close to what you're saying. He's like, dude, and stop talking that way because what about that new guy in the group who's like, ooh, I want to get into this, and they're like, oh, it's dying. I'm not even going to bother. Right. Type situation. So, I mean, I've tried, lately I've tried to keep my negative negativity to... Is this it, a new Joe? It's been lately. <laughs> I'm a lot happier. When I, when I keep my negativity down a little bit, it's a lot easier. But... I think we're getting older, Joe. Yeah, that's about <laughs> it, too. I'm not going to be a pro anything. Right. I'm just going to have my hobbies and die when I'm 85, just like everybody else. Yep. Nobody's special. Right. It's all about making memories. Exactly. That's the only currency that we can, that means anything in this world. Right. Right. And it's funny because half the money and time I spent at RC, I wish I would have done other things. 
when I had the energy and do you realize physicalness to do it. Like, I wish I would have spent... I traveled all over the Midwest yes. and all over a lot of the country, and all I saw was an RC track and a hotel. I went to St. Louis. I couldn't tell you a damn thing about St. <laughs> Louis. But here you are on a podcast talking about your right, memories. Right, exactly. Right. My memories. If you would have just been a guy that went to St. Louis, nobody would want to hear that on a podcast. Well, this, is true. <laughs> this is true, Eric. <laughs> yeah. I bet you between the three of us, we've spent close to a half million dollars on RC. Now, that sounds insane, but sit and think about But like, so do people on bowling or fishing. Right. Or, yeah. But, like, I spend. Now that the kids are racing, I, I'm spending closer to $8,000 a year on racing. Oh, yep. I don't like this conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- think yeah, about is that. Is your wife listening? <laughs> oh, that's how they met, though. <laughs> I know. You got to think. Eric Eric got the unicorn. Yeah. <laughs> but Sorry still, if she, Stephanie she is money. listening. but <laughs> uh, She can't hear. <laughs> so, yeah, it's – she. but that's the thing. We, we've all – we, we're spending ridiculous amounts of money to make memories, and that's it. Yeah. Have fun with it. And, you know, I would I would like to do another, because this podcast, believe it or not, has already been around for six years, even though I've done it intermittently. Oh. I'd like to do another podcast in six years to see uh, on history. I mean, I'm sure we're going to do another, because we missed, like I said, a oh, lot. Yeah of rc history just, just in minnesota i didn't realize how much there was I cover until, all the stories the good and bad stories like yes i didn't even get into that yes i you mean could do a weekly episode on like each individual year right I, I didn't talk about driving around uh kansas city for two and a half hours because the other three people with me were so stoned and drunk they couldn't remember where the hotel was <laughs> and i didn't know <laughs> serious you know it's rough with Bruce dead sober cabin. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even drink then. I yeah. didn't start drinking until I was thirty. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. But I had three other people that boy, they sure did. <laughs> so yeah, no, we got. But I'd like to do Cheech and Chong van. Yeah, listen to this six years from now because believe it or not, so I've been thinking about taking the ones I did last year and in two thousand seventeen and just archiving of them, not deleting them totally. But they're totally trash, in my opinion, compared to what we're doing now. But the old episodes back in 2013 to 1415, when it was Greg Gerton and I, and Eric Swanson was on it once, Marshall Scarry was on it a ton, the audio is horrific. And oh. they're all on YouTube, though. Oh. But the content is very good. Cool. But and it's like listening to that. That was back during the Super Saturday Electric series. Oh, yep. And I don't even know if the B5... The B5 might have just came out. Yep, that's about when I did that. Because that's when I started... That's why I started... That's why I started this podcast. I got my old RC-10 back from my dad. Right. That was a fun class. But uh, that's why I started this podcast, Speaking of History, was to promote the Super Saturday Electric series. Yep. But now it's just fun to come up on here and talk about i i we we can have content for weeks about everything right. going on in the state there's so much i love it right now and and again six years down the line i hope it's similar i know so should we wrap this up sure any final thoughts eric uh i don't think so <laughs> just oh. that rc racing is a great sport yeah. and i mean 
it can be an integral part of your life. Yeah, right. I'm very happy I'm passing on to my kids. Cool. Uh, Jackie, yeah, not so much. Your exact words to me were, I like on road, jumps are annoying, so I'm literally going to have to spend my entire weekends racing, bringing Joey to the off-road track, because Joey doesn't like on road, and Jackie to the on-road track. It's all right. Yeah, Make Grandpa do it. Right. Grandpa can go. take Jackie on-road racing. Right. And I can take Joey off-road. That sounds good to me. All right, we've been going at this for a little over two hours. Wow. And yeah, I can say we've ran out of talent. See you next time.